And this was uh, quite a pleasant story, I thought, that the Business Insider brought us. The South African National Space Agency, we're told, is going to allocate more than 3 billion rand to designing and, and developing and setting up six new satellites in the next four years. There's been a huge cash injection of uh, over 4 billion rand, close to 4.5 billion rand, in fact, in investor funding. And that's been sourced through the President's Sustainable Infrastructure Development Symposium. So let's bring into the conversation the CEO of the South African National Space Agency, Dr. Val Munsami. Dr. Munsami, good afternoon to you and thank you very much for your time and afternoon drive today. So 4.4 billion rand is nothing to scoff at. It sounds like like a huge amount of money, but of course the business you are in uh, designates that, that much of the infrastructure you use runs into millions or billions anyway. How useful is this funding going to be to you? Good afternoon, Joanne, and, and thank you for having me on the show. I think this is a, a mammoth investment that's coming through. Um, it's actually going to help us to strengthen what we call the space value chain in South Africa. Um, just to put it into perspective, uh, a lot of government departments use satellite imagery to uh, make decisions, whether it's understanding what's happening on our coastline. You know, we picked up already with using satellite imagery, rogue ships, illegal fishing. Even the oil spills, you can actually track which ship spills oil. So there's a whole suite of applications. Even agriculture, uh, you can figure out whether there's a plant that's diseased or whether it's lacking water, even before you see it with your visible eye. Uh, so the satellites have a huge utility in terms of informing government around what's happening with our resources and also from a socioeconomic perspective. Um, and so there's two streams we're actually looking at. One is from Earth Observation, which is a satellite platform, and then the other one is actually what we call a satellite-based augmentation system. So from that perspective, if you're using your GPS as an example, your error signals on your GPS can be 5 to 10 meters off. So what this system allows you to do is to have accurate location to within a meter, which is very important for the South African, even the African context, especially when you're having, for example, uh, let's say informal settlements. They don't have post office boxes, addresses. Uh, so you can give a GPS location to each uh, household in the informal settlement. And so there's a whole suite of applications that will be unlocked with this kind of investment, which yeah. has huge implications at the socioeconomic level. Yes, I think it's it's really quite a brilliant uh, development. So tell me, you, you're going to start developing these six new satellites. How long and, and what process do, does uh, does the organization follow in, in getting these out into space? So it's a very uh, intense process. So it, it's what we call a, a, an acquisition management and a system engineering process. So there's different aspects to this value chain. So first of all, you're looking at the satellites, which gets placed into orbit, which delivers the data. But then you need a ground segment that talks to the satellite, both in terms of making sure that the satellite is performing well, but also bringing the data back down. So you have a set of antennas in the ground, and that's on what we call the space operations segment. And then you have a data segment where you store the data, and then you start processing the data So for the end users. Um, so there's a whole value chain that we have to look at, but the way you plan for this, you plan for the entire value chain. So it's a system engineering approach. And then you have to follow what you call acquisition management. You start off with just understanding what the user requirements are, and then you develop the specifications for the satellite. So it's a very intense process. Um, traditionally, this 
normally takes about 12 to 14 months to develop a design of satellite. We are busy putting a facility uh, inside of the agency called con- a concurrent design facility. So as opposed to taking about a year to design a satellite, we can now start doing that within mm-hmm. three weeks, as an example. So there's all sorts of new techniques that we are just kind of learning and bringing back from abroad, uh, uh, whether it's the European Space Agency, the German Space Agency, and they are international partners that we work with. All right. Dr. Munsami, your call has become slightly muffled in the last few seconds. I'm just going to ask you to move around so that we have a clear line to you, please. Uh, but, but let me ask you this question in the interim. Uh, um, you, you spoke about the satellites being developed locally, but the techniques, perhaps, and, and the, uh, the theory around it being, being uh, researched overseas. Uh, I, how many satellites do we currently have in space? I mean, I can't, I can't forget that episode with Sumbundila, uh, where our engineers seemingly lost lost contact with it, and, and we haven't really been able to use it since then. Yeah, so, so Madila said it, was, it lasted for about two years, but remember it was a pathfinder mission. It was an experimental mission. All right. The fact that it lasted two years was actually a huge success because it was, a lot of, it was meant to be a learning uh, platform. But we lost it because we, um, the space is a very harsh environment, so we had solar storms which can knock off your satellites, and that's essentially what happened with Madila said. Um, uh, so we have a design, development, manufacturing capabilities in South Africa. So Sumandila Sat was the first one. And we've had several other satellite missions. So the last one that went up was in 2018, December. And that's a little satellite called a CubeSat, which is the size of uh, a loaf of bread. But what wow. that satellite is doing at the moment is picking up all of the signals from the shipping traffic along our coastline. So we can map out exactly which ship is where given their signal that they're transmitting. Um, and that helps us to just navigate because if we can superimpose the signals with uh, what we call radar data and then figure out there's a ship in our coastline that doesn't have its transponder on. And we've actually caught illegal shipping vessels using this technique. Um, so that's the latest satellite that went up in 2018. That's going to be followed up with nine uh, additional satellites in a constellation that gives you now real-time data uh, in terms of what's happening along our coastline. And then, yeah, so that will, the, the next set of satellites will be launched in the beginning of next year as part of this constellation. And then, as I said, uh, as you mentioned, there's six more satellites that will come through uh, as well. And just out of interest, I see that one of them is going to be used to upgrade the Space Weather Center. Yes. Um, so we are actually building a new space, state-of-the-art Space Weather Center, which will cost us around $100 million. We've got the funding already lined up. In fact, they, the architect's design is just in the pipeline. Uh, but the, the whole idea is that, okay, so there's a new set of regulations by ICAO, the International Civil Aviation Organization, that says you have to have space weather information on every flight. So when the pilot takes off, they have to include space weather information as part of the flight plan. The reason for that is you, you lose navigation signals while you're flying. If there's an active solar storm, uh, you lose communication. So the pilots cannot communicate with the ground because what actually happens is like we are talking now, there's a radio wave that's bouncing off the ionosphere and then it hits the transmitter and the receiver, okay? Um, when there's a storm, you get excessive ionization in the ionosphere and that absorbs the signal. So you, don't, you can't communicate, essentially. Um, so you lose communication signals, you lose your navigation signals, you, you lose sight of where you're actually flying. And then the third aspect is excessive radiation, um, which can damage the skin. Uh, 
So because of the aviation safety aspects, we now have to include space weather information on all flights globally. So SAMBA is putting the center together to provide this information for all of Africa. Thank you so much for speaking to me, Dr. Valmun Sami. I'm, I'm sure we'll be having a more in-depth conversations in the next few years as all of these uh, advancements take place and the development continues. He's the CEO of the South African National Space Agency.